This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. So I just posted this carousel over on Instagram with Lily Reinhardt and a quote that she recently tweeted. And it says, I wish there were more average sized arms represented in mainstream media for women. My body dysmorphia has been going crazy because I feel like my arms need to be half the size they are currently. We've glamorized these skinny arms that for most of us can only be achieved if you're a literal adolescent. I truly wonder how anyone survives or gets through this life without having severe body dysmorphia. Maybe it's a cruel amplified version in combination with my OCD, but damn. The amount of time I've wasted thinking about my arms in the last few months is insane. I wanted to throw my own thoughts out there to let other women know they aren't alone. Lily Reinhardt. So I'm so curious when you hear that. Can you relate? (laughs) Anyone else out there have a little bit of arm body dysmorphia, stomach body dysmorphia, thigh, cellulite, aging dysmorphia? It's so wild because, you know, when I Googled Lily Reinhardt and I'm looking at these photos of her thinking, how could this woman have any kind of body dysmorphia? The reality is that her body, her face, everything is pretty close to being perfect in regards to what is the stereotypical form of beauty. But that's just it. If Lily Reinhardt sees her arms as being wrong and has spent hours obsessing over them being smaller, then these thoughts, these stories that we have about our body, they're impacting everyone. And (laughs) they're not real. Like, they're just not real. And so that got me thinking, you know, how often do we have thoughts about ourselves, our body, our worth, our capabilities that aren't accurate or that carry a weight to them? You know, this idea that her arms are big being a bad thing. And I will say that once I shared that, the comments started rolling in of other women saying, I feel the same way. I've always felt my arms are too big. So it made me think, like, at what point did having bigger arms become bad? It's so interesting because for men, if you have big arms, that's a good thing. And for women, we've been taught somewhere along the way that having big arms is bad. I have a six-year-old daughter. I've watched her grow up, obviously. I've had a front row seat to her experiencing herself and her own body. And she has had, you know, none of those thoughts about her arms at this point. But I have no doubt that with time, 
those messages that are all around us will begin to seep in and they will begin to distort the way that she sees herself in comparison to others and as she moves through the world. So this episode today is all about the power of our thoughts, the power of our thoughts to move us closer to ourselves, closer to our true selves, the power of our thoughts to help instill confidence within us, self-esteem within us, to propel us towards our dreams and our greatest desires, and how subsequently these same thoughts can slowly over time degrade our self-esteem, transform the way that we see ourselves, hold us back in fear, move us further from that which we desire, leave us feeling insecure or obsessing over body types or you know the wrinkles on our face or the size of our thighs, whatever it is. So grab your tea, grab your matcha, get your coffee, whatever it is that feels, you know, supportive and best for you right now. And I want to start this episode off with a quote. It's always hard to know who this quote is by because it's been attached to many different names, but we'll go with Lao Tzu for today. Um, That seems to be who it's connected with the most. If you've ever done the Raw Beauty Reset with me or you have been one of my coaching clients, this quote has probably come up, but I really, I know for myself, I can hear a quote a hundred times and if it's a good one, it always lands and, you know, brings a little something up. So the quote goes like this. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. And if we truncate all that down, it says, watch your thoughts, they become your destiny. Our thoughts are incredibly powerful. They shape the way that we experience our life. They shape what we believe is possible. They are the starting point or the gateway to the actions we take and the actions we take ultimately lead us down one path or another. And so we have to be mindful of the thoughts that we are thinking Now, many of our thoughts just sort of roll through subconsciously without us putting any effort into them or paying much attention to them. And because of that, we can become very attached to our thoughts. We can begin to think that our thoughts are right. We can begin to think that our thoughts are the truth. We can begin to believe that we are our thoughts. So let's talk about what thoughts even are. Thoughts are simply these chemical reactions that are firing off based on our neural pathways in our brain. They are embedded within us over the course of a lifetime from a variety of different sources. Our family members, our caregivers, our siblings, our friends, the church minister or our favorite teacher, a soccer coach. The messages that we see on billboards, the messages that we hear in media, on TV shows, in movies, 
we are constantly receiving messages and these become implanted within us. When we're really little, we'll often ask a lot of questions about them. I mean, at least some of us do. My son in particular, he is always asking, why, 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 what, 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 how, how, how? And it's amazing. He he wants to understand things with more depth. He wants to understand why it is that way. But as we become adults, we tend to ask those questions more and more infrequently. We begin to just believe the stories or the narratives that are circling around in our mind. How often, you know, when you think something, do you stop and say, why do I think that? Where did that thought come from? Is that accurate? Or is there any chance that it could be incorrect? So the narrative that is cycling around in our brain becomes habitual. It starts to form a pattern. And what's interesting is that the thoughts that we thought yesterday are generally approximately similar to the thoughts that we think today. And therefore, those thoughts are similar to the ones that we will think tomorrow. Now, because there's so much going on in our lives, this can be a handy way of operating. It requires less energy to constantly be considering all of the options, to be constantly thinking new things, we can go back into the filing cabinet of our brain and figure out, you know, what mom or dad or the coach or the media or society has told us is right or accurate. And that will help us find a sense of belonging or steer us in the right direction. And we use that piece of information. We regurgitate it over and over and over again so that we can operate more efficiently. Seems like a great system, and oftentimes it is, but what if a faulty belief or thought or a harmful belief or thought or a belief or thought that leaves you feeling detached or disconnected from yourself or those around you is planted? And what happens if we start to water that belief and it forms roots within us and it begins to reach up to the sky It begins to flower. It begins to take hold. Well, then we've got a bit of a problem because this weed that is growing in the garden of our mind is preventing more positive beliefs, more positive possibilities, options, chances, different perspectives to hold space in our mind. And all of a sudden, we can only see things through one lens. And this is a dangerous place to operate from because it begins to limit our capacity in life. It begins to limit what is available to ourselves. I want you to take a second to just do a little checkup from the neck up and notice or bring some awareness to whether or not you have any thoughts that are causing you discomfort that are moving you into anxiety, that are taking up space in the garden of your mind, that no longer feel aligned. Maybe you find that you're uh, constantly grumpy about the weather, or maybe you find that you speak really harshly about your body. Maybe you're annoyed at your partner constantly, or maybe you carry a lot of fear about money. So what's interesting is that these cycles of thoughts that are moving through our mind often form patterns. So my guess is that this thought that is coming up for you is probably something that you've noticed for more than a couple of days. 
even if we're talking about an argument that you're having with your partner or with a friend that is recent, you've probably had a similar argument or a similar experience earlier on, maybe with a different friend or maybe it was in a different season with your partner. But I bet you you've experienced something similar before. These are the patterns that we get into with the thinking mind. So just do a little checkup from the neck up. Notice if your thoughts tend to be rooted in abundance and love and confidence and possibility, or are there thoughts that are there that are a little bit more rooted in lack, anxiety, stress, not enough? Most likely for all of us, we're going to have a little bit of a combination of both, and that's totally normal. But we do want to pay attention to or notice those thoughts, especially the ones that are looping, especially the ones that are forming a pattern, so that we can tend to them, so that we can unhook from them and therefore plant beliefs that are going to allow us to show up differently in life. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Robbie Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all faced, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. All right, so let's look at this and put it into action. Imagine that you have this thought that pops up around, I can't afford that. You're scrolling Instagram and you see somebody and they've got something that you want and you're like, oh, I can't afford that, right? Immediately, we have a reaction to that thought. Our body has a reaction to that thought. 
the way that we think, it is like it's giving direction to our subconscious mind as to where we are directing ourselves. So now you've just told yourself, I can't afford that. You've closed the door to any possibility of you being able to afford that, right? Rather than just a simple little shift of how can I afford that? Or something like, is that even important to me? Or digging further, why do I want that? Do you love the way that it looks? Does it spark joy for you? Or is it because you think it will impress your friends? If there was nobody watching, would you still want that thing? Is it really truly just for you? And if it is, then the question, how can I afford that, changes everything. The door is still open. Your mind is now open to possibilities. You are keeping the door open to be able to figure out how to get that thing. It feels completely different than I can't afford that. Let's look at another example using the Lily Reinhardt quote, okay? So she says, basically, my arms are fat, right? And if you're looking in the mirror over and over and telling yourself, my arms are fat, my arms are fat, you better believe that you are going to believe that. That is going to start imprinting within you. It starts to become part of your identity, right? And so if we take a break and we just stop for a moment, where did that belief come from? Where did I learn that? Okay, I looked at pictures in media, a lot of which have been photoshopped. That boy in grade six told me I had big arms for a girl. Or I sometimes find it hard to fit in certain shirts and feel good in certain shirts. So now I've created a whole narrative about myself that my arms are fat. Now, if we start to look at that a little deeper and we pull back the layers, it's like, does that kid in grade six... Does he really know what he's talking about? And, you know, what would you tell that younger version of yourself, that little grade six-year-old or that little six-year-old in the park? What would you say to her if you had a moment to just sit down beside her to give her some guidance? What would you tell her about, you know, what that little boy had said? Can you shift your focus to all that your arms do for you? My arms help me hug and touch and communicate and hold the most important things in life. They help me fold laundry. They help me drive a car. They help me signal to somebody. They help me flip the bird when I'm really ticked off. Like my arms have so many purposes beyond the size that they are. Another common thought that pops up for a lot of people is this idea of, I failed. I failed at something. I failed the test. I failed that job. I failed that person, whatever it is, but I failed. And I failed just is such a heavy weight to carry around. And there's just not much that you can do from that. It's like you failed and you failed. There's nowhere else that you can take that thought. Whereas if you flip it to, I learned some lessons, You know, like, okay, you quote unquote failed, but you learned some lessons along the way. You had an experience. You tried, didn't go as planned. So now you can pivot. I love the idea that there is no such thing as failure. There is only trying and learning. Really, the only way that we fail is just by staying stuck and staying and remaining exactly where we are. But the moment that we start trying, the moment we start putting ourselves out there, 
The only thing that can occur is we move closer to that goal or we learn something. We pivot and we start down another path on the way to the goal. So there is only trying and learning. The last thought that I want to bring up today is another one that comes up quite frequently in coaching sessions, and it's this idea of I'm not enough. I'm not enough for them. I'm not enough to do that thing. I don't look a certain way, so you know I'm not right for that role, whatever it is. I'm not enough. It's so final. It just, again, it's so heavy. All of these beliefs that we're talking about, I can't afford that. My arms are fat. I failed. I'm not enough. There's just so much weight there and so much certainty. I imagine as I say those things, like a big wall in front of somebody. We're working on tearing down the walls so that you can start working on moving forward. We don't want to put walls up for one another and especially not for ourselves. We want to create doors with the way that we are thinking. So I want you to think about your thoughts. Take a moment to think about your thoughts and ask, is that thought a wall or is it a door? Is it blocking me or is it opening up possibility for me? And I want you to start planting as many doors in your mind as possible. Doors that you can walk through as you continue to grow and learn and understand yourself a little bit better. So instead of I'm not enough, which is such a wall and probably one of the greatest fears and doubts that we all carry within us translates through into our actions in incredibly self-destructive ways. So instead of I'm not enough, what if we replaced it with something like I am worthy of all that I desire. I am exactly where I need to be. I am capable. I am resilient. I have everything I need within me to get started. I am in charge of my next choice. I can achieve my ultimate goals and dreams. I will achieve my ultimate goals and dreams. So you can feel the energy and the power and the intention behind these beliefs that we want to start planting within. If these were not the stories and the beliefs and the conversations that were occurring around your dinner table, okay, fine. Maybe we need to do a little bit of work in some therapy sessions or journaling or coaching to process that and metabolize that. But at the end of the day, we can't blame the circumstances within which we grew up or the conversations that were happening at the dinner tables in our own houses. We have to take responsibility and ownership for our lives moving forward. So, okay, (laughs) you caught a garden full of weeds when you were growing up maybe, or you got a beautiful garden with a patch of weeds that needs a little bit of work. You are the only one that can go in there and do that gardening. You're the only one that can pull out those weeds. You've got to stop at some point blaming mom, blaming dad, blaming the teacher, blaming the media, because that's coming at it with a victim mentality. And yeah, we are victims to some of these messages that are occurring, but when we're playing that victim role, it moves us into a space of inaction. 
into depression and anxiety from which we cannot move forward and heal from. So we've got to take ownership of the fact that this is the garden. This is what's happening in my mind. These are the thoughts that are there. Now, what the hell am I going to do about them? Right? How am I going to tend to them in order to create a different reality for myself? Because that's ultimately what we're talking about. We're not talking about simply changing your thoughts. We're changing your reality. We're changing your destiny. Because as we talked about in that first quote, your thoughts will become your destiny. So let's actually talk about how we change our thoughts. How do we actually begin to change your thoughts? Because if you've done affirmations like we were talking about, you know that it's not just as simple as standing in front of a mirror and repeating affirmations like, I love my arms, I love my arms, I love my arms. We've got to go a little bit deeper than that. So let's talk about four key things that you can begin to do to start really tending to your thoughts, tending to your mind, and shifting the course of your destiny. All right. The first thing I want to talk about is mindfulness and meditation. John Kabat Zinn says that mindfulness is bringing your attention to the present moment on purpose with non judgment. Bringing your attention to the present moment on purpose with non judgment. So that means that we are bringing awareness to what is right now in front of us. And one of the ways that I talk about doing this all the time is just going through your five senses to bring you into the present moment. So what do you hear right now? What do you see right now? And go into detail, really get juicy with what's going on around you. What can you smell? What can you taste? What can you feel? But we can also become mindful of the thinking mind and our thoughts. And meditation is a tool that allows us to practice being mindful on the mat or on the cushion or sitting in our bed. And then we carry what we learn and what we experience and what we see in meditation out into life. We carry the lessons and the awareness that we gather as we meditate out into the world around us. This is really important. I mean, meditation truly changed my life because it changed my nervous system, it changed the neural pathways in my mind. It changed, therefore, my thinking, my ability to be more present. And as it began to clear out the muck, and as the mind began to settle all these swirling thoughts that were constantly going on in my mind, as they started to settle, just imagine, you know, sand in a glass that's being all stirred up or dirt in a glass that's being all stirred up. And Imagine that with time as you meditate, that all of that silt, all of that dirt, all of that sand slowly begins to fall to the bottom of the glass. And you're left with this clear water. This clear water is the perfect space within which you can begin to plant whatever it is that you want. It is also a place where you can see with more clarity, where you have more focus, where your thoughts are sharper. Meditation is truly a tool that I believe every single person should have in their tool belt. So I always talk about and refer to this tool belt that we're all carrying. Everybody has a tool belt. And each of us are going to have tools in that tool belt 
that support us as individual humans in thriving in life. I want you to stop for a second and think, how many tools do you have in your tool belt right now that you can rely on when the going gets tough or that you can rely on to give yourself a bit of a boost or to spark joy or to support you through difficult conversations? So for me, I have a toolbox or tool belt that is full of tools. I have a therapist. I have an acupuncturist. I have journal prompts. I have a whole bookshelf and boxes full of books from thought leaders and experts in their area. I can talk to Scott or my mom. Like I have friends where I know, okay, if I've got this type of question, I'm going to call her. And if I need to talk about this, I'm going to lean on him for that. I know how to meditate. I've got breath work. I've got my favorite podcasts. I know how to use cold water. I know how to move my body based on how I'm feeling or even, you know, what stage of my menstrual cycle I'm in. I have been building a robust toolkit (laughs) over time. And as I've been building that toolkit, I've become more confident about my ability to get through tough, difficult stuff. If you don't have any tools in your tool belt you probably don't feel super confident about your ability to get through the difficult stuff. Or maybe you've gone through something difficult and you're having a really hard time getting out of it because you don't have tools in that tool belt. So it's really important to me that if you're listening to this show that you start to get some tools in that tool belt. And meditation is a tool that you can use anytime, anywhere. You can do it in your car. You can do it in a hotel. You can do it in your bed. You can have a fancy cushion. You could build a meditation room. I mean, the 0.5% that can do that, great. But what my point is like you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want. It is something that has been done for thousands of years. This is not new. The only thing that is a bit newer about meditation is that we now have the technology and the brain scans to show us that it works, that it can rewire our brains, that it can improve confidence, that it can help us detach from or unhook from those unhelpful thoughts that are holding us back. So in meditation, we learn to observe our thoughts to see them. Oh, yeah, there's that looping thought again. And as we can learn to observe this thought with non-judgment, so just noticing it for what it is without reacting to it as much, the thought begins to float away. It starts to lose power over us. And in that space between us the one, the spirit, the soul that can see that thought and the thought, there becomes an opportunity to plant a new thought. The thought of, I am enough. My arms are strong. My arms are enough. Heck, I mean, you could even stop thinking about your arms completely and you could start solving world problems or uh, working on a creative endeavor or just being present in the moment. I mean, there are so many possibilities of what we can fill that space with, whatever we choose though. And that's the beautiful part. So meditation gives us a moment to observe our thoughts. It allows us to metabolize emotion that might be caught in the body. It creates a separation from those feelings and those thoughts and the true us. 
the deep down true us that is able to view all of these things, to see all of these things. And within that space, we can begin to plant whatever it is that we want. So meditation is the most powerful way and my number one recommendation in regards to beginning to change your thoughts. And the first part of meditation is all about bringing awareness to what is. You cannot change your thoughts if you don't know or recognize or have awareness of what your thought patterns are, okay? So September 25th, Monday, 5 p.m. PST, I'm hosting an intro to meditation workshop that is going to be one and a half hours, and I'm going to teach you how to meditate. You can join in from anywhere. We'll be doing it over Zoom. And this is the same meditation workshop that I taught in Bentonville, Arkansas this past spring. I've done another online session before as well. I think the number one question was like meditating together. What are we going to learn? So I'm going to teach you three forms of meditation. We'll practice them together. We'll have time for Q&A. But I really want you to understand how to meditate in a way that's going to reduce anxiety, reduce stress, help you unhook from limiting beliefs or unhelpful beliefs. And I want to teach you how to meditate in a way that begins to plant really empowering beliefs. I'll also show you a visualization exercise that I did with Jenna Kutcher. She wrote about it in her book, How Are You Really? She spent a whole chapter talking about this exercise that I did with her that involves visualization. It's called a mental rehearsal, something that athletes and peak performers have been using for years. And I will be walking you through this exercise as well. So incredibly, incredibly powerful stuff. I would love to have you join. For anybody who is listening to the podcast right now, you can use the code RAWBEAUTY. That's RAWBEAUTY for $8 off the workshop. This workshop is only $30 with the discount code RAWBEAUTY. So for $30 to get a tool that you can use anytime, anywhere, it's a no-brainer. It's great to listen to all these podcast episodes. They create change for sure. And it's great to read the books. But at the end of the day, you've got to start filling that tool belt, the toolbox with tools and using them in your life if you really want to experience profound change. So head down, click the link. That's an intro to meditation workshop. It's going to be an hour and a half and it's on September 25th at 5 p.m. PST. Of course, if you can't make it live, I record the whole thing so you can watch it whenever it works for you. I know a lot of you are watching Selling OC or Murder Mysteries or, you know, like whatever it is that you're watching on Netflix and you're spending an hour and a half watching that. So for one evening, learn how to use this tool, learn how to meditate. Meditation can be five minutes or you can do a juicy 30 minute meditation, but you can fit it in and you will not regret it. I promise you. Okay, step two of how we change our thoughts. So if we have an unhealthy body or a body that is inflamed or a body that is constantly in fight flight, 
an unhealthy body, we will have unhealthy thoughts. Our body and our mind are connected. They are one. They are not separate. And so when even our gut health is off or we're experiencing pain in our body, it will impact our thoughts. If there's anyone out there who's struggling with chronic pain or digestive upset, I bet that you're not in the best mood and that your thoughts aren't as clear and precise and optimistic when you're struggling in this state. So if we want to support the thinking mind, we have to support our physical body. And at the end of the day, most of us know what we need to do in order to support the physical body. We've all just been told a lie that the reason we take these health steps or healthy actions is because we need to get skinnier. You know, like you're supposed to move your body to get skinnier. You're supposed to eat certain types of foods in order to get skinnier. But at the end of the day, a lot of these traditional health and wellness steps really support our physical well-being and then therefore support the thinking mind. So being aware of getting exercise, moving your body, and as we've talked about in the self-love and movement challenge, this can be going for a walk or doing a yin yoga class. It doesn't have to be a hardcore workout, but just not being stagnant, moving your body is so good for you. It's good for your physical well-being, but that's also going to support the thinking mind. Things like the food that we eat is also going to have an impact on our gut health, which is directly connected to the mind, to the body, and it's going to have an impact on the thoughts that we have. So start to tune into and become aware of foods that irritate your gut. Start to notice foods that make you feel lethargic or tired or bloated and not to lose weight, but in order to support your overall well-being, try reducing those foods. And instead of focusing on reducing them, think about what you can eat. Think of all the good things that you can fill your body with in order to really nourish yourself and nourish your physical body and your mind. So we're supporting the body and within the body is our nervous system. If your nervous system is dysregulated, if it is constantly in fight, flight, freeze, you are operating in survival mode. When you are in survival mode, every cylinder, every mechanism in your body is set to help you survive. And so we are no longer able to see the infinite number of possibilities available to us. All we can see is that we have a fat arm and that nobody is ever going to love us and we will not be accepted because of it. We can only see that we are going broke. There is no other possibility available to us. We are going to end up homeless on the streets and again, alone in life. You know, we come up with these worst case scenarios when we're in fight, flight, freeze, when the sympathetic nervous system is turned on. So in order to support our thinking mind, we have to learn how to regulate our nervous system. And we cannot wait for someone else to come around and regulate our damn nervous system because nobody's coming to save you, honey. No one's coming to save me either. I'm the only one who can regulate my nervous system. But the good news is that there are tons of things that we can be doing to support the nervous system. And as we move back into a parasympathetic response in the body, which is rest, digest, 
all of a sudden, we see ourselves differently. We see the world differently. We can have a completely different experience. Now, you've probably noticed this. Maybe one day you were getting ready to go out for a night out with the girls, right? And you're like, I'm feeling so good. You had a cute outfit on. But even just like your mood was good. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. And you went out to drink that night. Alcohol can really impact the way that we see ourselves. It can impact our mental well-being. It can impact the nervous system. You had a night out of drinking, eating all these different types of food. You didn't get a lot of sleep. Maybe you were highly stimulated and you wake up the next morning and you feel disgusting. You feel like life is over. You're anxious about everything. Scott and I used to call this the fear. So the fear rolls in. And when you are in that space of the fear or the sad Sundays, or whatever you want to call it, life does not feel great. Your nervous system is all out of whack, and it impacts the thinking mind. It impacts the way that you see yourself when you look in the mirror. So you've got to regulate your nervous system. Get the nervous system back to rest, digest. So take some notes here. You can do this in a few different ways. Moving your body Of course, we know that this is supportive. So get outside. Spending time in nature is also helpful. So habit stack those two things. Get outside for a walk, even if it's raining. Spend some time in nature and move your body. Get yourself breathing. Pick up the pace a little bit. And notice how with time that will start to shift the way that you feel in your body. Meditation, incredibly supportive of keeping the nervous system regulated. Going back to that image of a glass of water with dirt in it that you've stirred up and you've got just like all of this stuff flying around in the glass. It's pure chaos in there. When you meditate, imagining all of that sediment starting to sink to the bottom of the glass. It's helping to regulate the nervous system. It's so important. Using your breath. What I love about all of these things is they're be- they're free. Like you can also do them anytime, anywhere. You can access them. You don't have to sign up for a class and wait until Tuesday at 5 p.m. to do it. You can do it right now. So breathing, breathing in a pattern of five, five, seven. It's probably one of the easiest ones to remember. I've been doing this for years. So we breathe in for a count of five. We hold for a count of five, and we exhale for a count of seven. All right, let's do one together. So everyone exhaling and inhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold five, four, three, two, one. Exhale for seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then I want you to repeat that 10 times. So while I'm talking right now, Even just continue to breathe in that pattern. Breathing in, hold, and then exhale with a nice elongated exhale. Just keep breathing like that while I'm talking right now. Taking control of your breath and teaching the body that it is safe, there's no harm, that everything is okay. So we've got movement, time in nature, breath, meditation. You you can use cold water putting cold water in your hands or on your face or taking a cold water shower, doing an ice bath, all of those things stimulate the vagus nerve. And when the vagus nerve is stimulated, again, it signals to the brain that everything is a-okay. You can reduce stimulants. So reducing coffee is probably the number one stimulant that people are using and reducing 
sugar intake, also alcohol. Alcohol is a big one. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I didn't drink for almost two years when I was struggling with a lot of anxiety, and I found that reducing alcohol and increasing meditation, really, really powerful. I think that I recovered from, even though it still took a hot second, they don't want to downplay that it took work and it took time to recover from that a level of anxiety that I experienced. I really think that those two things were incredibly helpful. Increasing water intake, eating good food consistently with protein. So none of this like waiting all day and eating at 2 p.m. You know who I'm talking to right now, okay? We're not going to do that. That sends your body into fight flight. It's like, when am I going to get food? It starts to feel desperate and crazy and that impacts your thoughts. So feeding yourself, giving yourself nourishing, beautiful foods, putting some protein in the mix, some edamame beans or some eggs or some turkey slices or pepperoni or, I mean, there's tons of plant-based proteins as well, tofu ensuring and helping your body to have stabilized blood sugar levels. The next thing on this hot girl regulated nervous system list is to prioritize rest and sleep. You know, you can't heal when you're exhausted and all jacked up on coffee. It's not going to (laughs) happen. And it's impacting your thoughts. And your thoughts are impacting your destiny. So come on, let's get it together. We can do this. We got to rest. We got to leave some time for sleep. We got to do the therapy and the coaching and the somatic work, all of the things that you are worthy and deserving of. It's time to make space for that. So the first thing that we talked about in regards to changing our thoughts is meditation, The second thing is to support the physical body, to regulate the nervous system. And the third part of changing your thoughts is to start to embody what it is that you desire right now. So think about those thoughts that you want to believe. You know, I want to believe that I'm enough. I want to believe that life is abundant. I want to believe that I am financially secure. I want to believe that I am a good friend, whatever it is. Now start to embody that. Start to be that. Start to show up as her. Start to show up as that girl who is secure and confident and smart enough. What would she do differently? How would she walk? How would she hold herself? How would she get dressed in the morning? What would she say to herself when she looked in the mirror? It's okay if you're not 100% confident right now. We're going back to delusional confidence, which we talked about in a previous podcast episode. Be delusionally confident. It's okay if there's a little bit of doubt in there. Those are the weeds. We're growing some flowers. you got to plant and water the flowers. So we can also use a mental rehearsal in this. And this is something that I'm going to teach in the Intro to Meditation workshop, which is where we imagine or visualize that version of ourself that already has everything that we desire. And we imagine it in such detail that our brain actually thinks it's happening and it connects it with pleasure. That visualization is so pleasurable that the body's like, ooh, we want more of that. And the subconscious goes to work at getting it. So all of a sudden, getting from where we are now to where we want to be 
we have this greater force within that is working at moving us towards that. Meaning that we don't have to put as much effort into it. Instead of grasping and grabbing, it's like we can trust that it is coming. We are showing up as if it's already here, as if it's already happening. The fourth thing is something new that I've been hearing, and I absolutely love it. The fourth thing is to really lean into gratitude and glimmers. We all know what gratitude is, and I'm a huge advocate for gratitude, but I do think we have to look at some of these other tools that I've talked about in order for gratitude to really sink in and to have roots as we're growing this beautiful garden in our mind. So... A gratitude practice is wonderful. Writing down your gratitudes is even more powerful. I always recommend doing them in the morning when you wake up or in the evening before you go to sleep because those are two things that we hopefully know are going to happen in the day. So if we can link a new habit to a habit that we already have, it's called habit stacking, then we're much more likely to do it. So when you wake up in the morning, giving some gratitude for everything that already is, giving a gratitude for those arms or that stomach or what's in your bank account right now or the space that you're living in, remembering that someone out there would look at you and die for what you have. Someone out there would just wish and dream. Maybe there's even a past version of you who would be so proud of where you are right now. Or who would, you know, like she just can't wait to be in that place that you are in right now. So giving gratitude for that. Now, a glimmer is the opposite of a trigger or something that activates us. A glimmer is some kind of cue, either internal or external, that brings us back to a sense of joy or safety. So these don't have to be huge things. In fact, we want to look for the, the small little glimmers, the small little things that feel soothing to our nervous system, things that evoke a sense of awe, things like the warmth of the sun or sensing cool, salty ocean air. Maybe it's watching the raindrops fall down your window and collect together or the purring of a cat. Maybe it's a perfect cup of coffee or that sound that you hear when you walk into your favorite coffee shop. Glimmers are these little moments that just feel good. There are things that you can think of perhaps right now, but what's even better is as you become more mindful in your everyday life, as you live with more awareness, you'll see that glimmers really are all around us. We just have to tune to them. We just have to start to look for them. So rooting into gratitudes and glimmers support us in recognizing the abundance that is all around us. They support us working that muscle of an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset. And all of this is so soothing to the nervous system, to our mental well-being, truly changing the thoughts that we have day in and day out. So remembering the words of Lao Tzu, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. 
Join me on Monday, September 25th at 5 p.m. PST for my Intro to Meditation workshop. It is $38, but when you use the code RAWBEAUTY, you'll get $8 off. And you can sign up to get the recording or you can join us live, whatever works best for you. But I hope to see so many in the Raw Beauty crew joining us for this one-time workshop coming up soon. All right. I hope this episode was helpful. I know for me that really bringing awareness to the thoughts that I have has been such a game changer in supporting my anxiety and just unlocking a whole new paradigm in regards to the way that I live life. Like just unhooking from beliefs that were no longer serving me. Like I don't have the right look to show up on Instagram or I'm not as smart as that girl or I don't know what I'm doing or this isn't going to work. It's going to fail or I don't have enough or I have to constantly be working, 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 working in order to catch up. I mean, all of these beliefs, as you can only imagine, were causing so much anxiety and stress and I mean, my body was getting sick ultimately. My thoughts were making me sick. And so the last, I mean, it's been over 15 years of self-work, but really in the last five years, I've spent a lot of time and energy working on my mindset and building a mindset that feels so much more supportive. And especially I would say in the last year, I can see how it is impacting every area of my life. It's like the seeds that I started planting and watering two years ago are finally flowering and beginning to bear fruit. And something tells me we're just getting started. So it's never too late to begin. I don't care if you're listening to this and you're 70 years old or if you are 20 years old, today is the perfect day to begin. I just honestly love this community and our Raw Beauty crew so freaking much. And I know every single one of you is so deserving of the life that you desire and so deserving of knowing your worth and that you are enough. You have everything you need within you. You just got to start tapping into it. All right. Let me know if you liked this episode. Leave a review if you have a moment. Have the best week and I will see you next Thursday. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. 
Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform. 